Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you want to learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and today we are bringing back Savannah, the net worth nurse, Arroyo. And if you want to hear about her story, this is not the episode that you should be listening to because that is the episode on Tuesday. So if you haven't heard heard her story, it's really inspiring. Go back and listen to it because, and then after, come back to this episode because this this Friday, actually today, Friday is today, um, we are talking about action items and actionable steps on how we actually can get started in investing in syndications. So welcome back, Savannah. Hi, it. thank you. Here yeah. I am. Stoked to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, first off, the way that this is structured is with people that either have a lot of capital or are just getting started and maybe are a new grad or just joined a hospital mm-hmm. on on and, and they're early on and are interested in this and how they get how they can get started. So the first, the first part I want to, I do want to break down is let's say you've been a medical professional for a while now, right? And you have a lot of capital stacked up and you just heard about multifamily syndications. What is the first step that you should take in order to get involved in this? Definitely educate yourself. That's going to be the biggest piece. And the amazing thing is there are so many different educational resources out there. So if you're a book person, there's tons of books on it. If you're a podcast person and like listening to things while you're driving or exercising, that's a great way to get information about multifamily and real estate. Also different blogs uh, that are on the internet, YouTube videos, there's all sorts of educational resources. And I would suggest that if you're starting to educate yourself to get it from multiple sources as well, not get all your information from one source, because some people, there's all sorts of people doing different strategies out there. So it's good to have a good variety and a foundation in terms of educating yourself on what it actually is in real estate and how it works to create passive income and what it is as an investment. So education is the first step. And then getting creative about where you can find capital to do these deals. So like you said, if you're a new nurse getting started out and don't have the capital, double down on that education at that point. And then maybe as you're starting to get your paychecks, set aside a chunk for savings, knowing that you want to invest it in a real estate syndication or some sort of real estate investment. Or if you are a great, just get creative in terms of where you're getting capital. So if you own a home and have equity in it, that's an amazing place to pull some capital and start investing. If you have an insurance policy or a retirement account that you can pull from, like say you switch jobs and nursing's your second career or something like that. I talked to a lot of nurses where that's the case and they switch jobs and then that money got converted into an IRA, you can do a self-directed IRA and can invest that money into real estate. So educate yourself on different ways to get creative with pulling the capital. So educate yourself and then educate yourself in uh, in ways of getting creative and and putting away your capital and for investing it in syndications later on. And so, you know, once we have this education and we, we found our ways to invest, the next step then 
after that would be learning your investment (laughs) strategy, what real estate niche you want to get into. So, I mean, originally when my husband and I started out, we did single family homes and then switched into multifamily. There's people out there doing Airbnbs, mobile home parks. There's all sorts of real estate niches. So figure out what, which one you want to do. If you want to invest passively in a syndication, which is an amazing form of investments, especially for medical professionals, which is something I'm so passionate about is because I work with people who work full-time, very hard hours. They're very devoted to their job. That's their calling. They're investing a lot of their time and energy into being the best medical professional they could, whether that's physicians or nurses or physical therapists. And they don't have a lot of time to be rolling out a real estate investment on their own. So syndications are the perfect opportunity for them to take their capital, pull it together with other investors, have an operator run the deal, do all the nitty gritty details of finding the deal, acquiring the deal, doing the financing for the deal, asset managing the investment throughout the lifetime of the investment. And then you're still as a passive investor receiving such amazing benefits from the return. So if that's kind of your strategy and what you want to do in real estate, which is an amazing form, and I'd highly suggest it. I would start seeking out different operators that are doing it. There's a lot of operators in the space that are doing these multifamily deals and everyone has a different strategy. They have different markets. They have different personalities. Their relationships with investors are different. So get to know them and reach out to them. And I, I love that. And, and when we're starting to reach out to these operators, I feel like there's, I mean, there's there's so much. Like, do you have any recommendations on maybe like, what to steer away from when talking to operators and like good practices and bad practices when talking with them? Yes. I mean, good practices would definitely be like asking about their experience and it's not necessarily bad to invest with a syndicator that doesn't have a lot of experience if they can kind of rely on other skill sets that they have in their life or just kind of different things that they've done in their life that can show that they can operate some of these syndication deals. That's huge kind of. And then I think the market is really, really big. I mean, when people ask us what market we invest in and where we're doing our deals. And we say Oregon. I mean, we have a huge list of reasons of why we love investing in Oregon. And we are very upfront with like why we love this market so much. And if you're investing with an operator in a specific market, they should have a huge list of reasons of why they love a specific deal. I mean, we have previous webinars that we could share with you kind of going over previous deals like that. I mean, those are really good things to ask an operator. Um, Maybe some things to not ask or like some, maybe some things that like are bad that you said that you would want to maybe know is kind of like maybe their biggest downfall within an investment or the biggest hurdle they've had to overcome because it is not all easy. Like these projects do not go as planned. There's always something that comes up that is hard to get over or encounter. You have to pivot and get creative with how you're going to solve the problem. And knowing how an operator handles the difficult moments is really insightful to how they'll handle the good moments. Yeah. And I feel like that is really powerful as well, because, you know, I, yeah, yes, the the operator is vetting you, but you are also vetting the operator to make sure that you trust them because you're at the end of the day, you're also building a relationship with them to make sure that you do trust them and handling a huge chunk of a huge chunk of your money. Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, and I mean, you know, I feel like that's the that's the that's the cool side. If you want to invest passively, you find these operators and then you go from there and it's kind of like it 
Yeah, it's 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 hands off. I mean, like, yeah, sure, yeah. you have to you have to understand like what you're getting into and understanding the financial analysis and understanding just like how the deal is done and the the period of time that the investment is. Now, I want to switch over to, let's say, a person is in the medical profession uh, wants to do something like you're doing and wants to take an active side. Okay. What yes. is, yeah. What is, what is one way that they can get, they can get started? Yeah. So definitely falling back on education, but just learning more about how active operators are doing it. And for there's amazing books out there, Michael Blanc, Financial Freedom. That one's really good. It has like an action plan of what you need to be doing. Brian Murray, Crushing in Apartments is super good. He's also an amazing guy. He's super down to earth and just a great guy to learn from and creating a foundation. And then the huge thing of switching from like an LP and taking a more upper operation side of like a GP is connecting with people who are doing what you want to be doing. So learning from their mistakes, it doesn't mean you have to join a formal coaching mentorship program. Although that is how uh, my husband and I got started and it was really foundational for us and being able to take those first few steps. And I know a lot of people out there who sign up for some sort of coaching mentorship program, because it's really important when you're doing these really big transactions to kind of have that base. But there are so many people out there that would be able to, would love to like, rub elbows with you and go over things together and kind of share their experience with you. So I would, because there's so many different people in the space, as you're learning about it, you'll start to see operators who you naturally appeal to in terms of like, you love how they're putting out their content. You love what they're doing. Like you love their strategy of catering to a specific avatar or a niche, or you love maybe the market they're investing in. You know, an operator that's investing in Georgia and you really want to be in Georgia. I would reach out to them and connect with them and say, Hey, like what, what are like, what's your biggest pain point? Can I help you? This is kind of what I'm going through. Like, what would you suggest are the next step? Like people in the real estate world, just with the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset and just such a positive, uplifting community that people love sharing what they're working on, what they've struggled with, what they need help with. I mean, it's a very immersive community. And I would suggest if you're getting started in that space to jump in on mastermind groups and meetings to connect with people. Now, in your experience, I know I definitely had this fear too when like reaching out to other operators. It's like, oh, I don't really want to waste their time and just like yeah. ask them a bunch of questions. Now, would you say that's uh, pretty common or true? Because I mean, I have my answer and say that, that that was definitely my own self-limiting belief. But like in your experience, has people been more open than not open to talk to you? I have had lots of people reach out to me through especially my podcasts and stuff. And I love it. I have them schedule calls. I talk to them kind of about their investment goals. And it's so important to connect with all type of people. Like I, you know, I'm a GP, I'm raising money. So I love talking to LPs and people want to invest passively, but I also love talking to operators and GPs out there and KPs, people that could bring different things to the deal. I mean, even the last deal. So, I mean, I have regular conversations with all sorts of people through mastermind groups and meetups and connect with people doing all sorts of things within real estate. And when you're on a call, just getting to know someone, it's good to know kind of what their goals are and what they're trying to do in real estate. That's like the biggest specific question that I ask, like, what, what are you doing in real estate? So then I know moving forward, if I'm encountering a problem where, okay, I'm having trouble raising money. I talked to this guy last week who said he is raising money. Maybe I can leverage that relationship or, oh, I talked to someone last month who said they really want to be a KP on a deal. 
And this is what they're looking to get out of the relationship. I mean, I've done that. Like even on my last deal, a guy I talked to almost a year ago about like wanting to be a KP on a deal. He's down in Los Angeles. He wants to get into the active side of things. And we brought him in on this last deal we did as a guarantor on the loan because we were working with a credit union. So we had to have guarantors on the loan. He came in as a KP on the deal. We gave him a Mm -hmm. portion of the GP. And that was a conversation I had over a year ago. And he didn't have an interest of being an LP. So all conversations that you have in the space are so valuable. No matter where you're at in the investment journey, everyone's just using the relationships to kind of build and grow together. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of switching gears then and, and having someone new with zero experience and, and maybe they're they're young and it just became a new nurse, uh, like my girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, now, if they wanted to get in, uh, if they wanted to, you know, meet you, I'm curious to know, like, what is, what are some of your favorite questions that that people have asked you when learning about this space? Really just kind of, I guess, maybe some of my hurdles and what I've had to overcome. I think that's super important to share with people because some people make it look super easy. And like, if you see someone out there who looks like they're killing it, it's like, oh man, they're just naturally super good at this. But it it goes like, I mean maybe people think that about me, but I struggle, you know, to put out the content and create. And I wake up at, I mean, this morning I woke up at 5am to record this podcast. And there's a lot of sacrifices that you don't see either through social media or just how people, where they are in the space, you don't see kind of the grit and the persistence and the hustle that goes into that. And that's why I try and be super transparent with what I do on social media, just to be like, this is the work that I put into it. You know, this is kind of what I'm doing and how I'm growing so that other people can see it takes a lot of work. It's not easy. And there are times, I mean, even in my last capital raise where I'm like, this is too hard. I want to give up. I can't do it. I wasn't cut out for this. And honestly, at that point, having the support of my husband is so key because he's so level-headed and like, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So it's <laughs> me- it's going to be hard. I don't think it's ever, it might get a little bit easier in different aspects, but I mean, we see that in all, it's just, that's why I'm heavy into working out and lifting weights because it's just like creating that grit and persistence of like overcoming those hard moments that you're faced with. Once you just start, it's a muscle memory. You start overcoming those things gradually. Then when you're encountered with problems, it's not as scary. You're like, you're more solution oriented of like, okay, here's a problem. How am I going to get over it? Not I'm going to quit. Hmm. And, and, you know, talking about the problems that pro like the, the problems. And then also sometimes like just feeling overwhelmed with everything and just wanting to give up. What are some, and I know you mentioned like working out, uh, and, you know, also relying on your husband for like as a support system, but what are some other ways that you've seen or, and have taken to kind of push yourself through, through that struggle and just to continue to keep going? Cause at least for me, like sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie full, full transparency. I feel like there's not really much progress being made. You know, I'm doing all this and I'm still yeah. studying and studying and studying. And then it, there's not really a reward at the end of it. So yeah. Like in, in your opinion, and your advice, like what, what are some ways that you can kind of get out of that? I don't know, hump per se. Yeah. 
So definitely in terms of kind of like what I do to like balance my life and find the energy is like, yeah, like working out, I meditate every day. I like, am very specific with like my health. I don't drink alcohol. I like juice. I try and eat like a really good diet. So like when I feel really good physically, I can do like anything. I feel like, you know, when you feel good physically and you're putting your health first, then it makes it easier to do those things. So that's key for me, making sure I have that huge balance into like not overworking myself, but like putting my health first. And then it makes me more able to do this work stuff. But Mm. in those challenging moments, definitely connecting with other people, because I know like after we did our first deal, we were hoping to leverage a capital raising partnership. And I didn't want to market. I didn't want to be the face of the business. So we wanted, we wanted to leverage someone else's capital raising skills. And then as I was talking to people and kind of like getting end after end after end. And it just was like, Oh, this isn't going to be able to work. We're not going to be able to do that. And then I like, it just took one conversation with someone being like, you've done your first syndication. You're a unicorn. Go out there and tell people what you're doing to prove your experience, like do this deal well, and you'll be able to raise more money. And to me, hearing that from someone else, like not my friends or family, just a different guy who has been in real estate for a long time, hearing those supportive words of like, I can do this was so valuable. And I hear that now, like I get discouraged and like capital raising. And then I'll have someone reach out to me on Instagram and being like, your story resonated with me so much on the podcast you shared. And to me, that's like just having those conversations with people and like pumping each other up, like in the real estate world, we're all grinding and we're confronted with challenges. And that's why it's so important to attend these mastermind groups and like share with people what you're struggling with, because people will share and help you overcome that. And there's a huge emphasis on surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals yeah. Especially when, 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 uh, when you're down and out and not really feeling it. Hmm. Always. Yes. Yeah. Is that is, I'm curious, is there a mastermind for like medical professionals that. I have been this? thinking of starting one because I have so many nurses reach out to me that kind of want to get involved in one, but just the time commitment right now of pulling that off is a little bit hard for me. So I'm trying to kind of figure out how I can do that moving forward. So that's something I'm going to get really strategic and specific about maybe building. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's tons of different Facebook groups out there. Like since I've launched the net worth nurse, I've had so many like nurses and CRNAs and doctors reach out to me, just kind of touching base. So there's, there's people out there doing it as I mean, as you start kind of learning the space and putting yourself in different niches, you'll start attracting people kind of like you and doing similar things. Mm, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm excited. And I hope to I hope to see the, the the medical professional masterminds coming up or our meetup. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm co- only accountable on this podcast because I, I think that'd be a really cool, a really yeah. cool, you know, group of people to be surrounded by just like in one little place. Definitely. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward <laughs> to it. Now on some final last words uh, before we end, uh, is there anything, anything you'd like to tell our audience for on, on our, on a last word? Yeah, no, just if you want to get in touch with me or hear more about what I'm doing, you can find me under the net worth nurse on all social media handles, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, I put out a lot of content on there about what I'm doing in the real estate space. So if you're even remotely interested in anything I've been saying, please reach out to me. I really, really do love connecting with people in all sorts of walks in this real estate life. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Savannah. Thank you for your time. Have Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening and have a great one. Reach out to Savannah. She is 
absolutely amazing. I'm sure you'll have the, the best conversation with her. So thank you again, Savannah, for, for coming. Thank on you, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.